Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hello, friends. I'm so excited about today's episode because we're talking about strength training, which is something that I've really been talking about a lot. Um, And I wanted to talk about like the good benefits of strength training and putting muscle mass on your body. But I really figured that um, it made more sense rather than tell you why you should do it, actually bring somebody on that could help you figure out how to do this. A lot of women are uh, intimidated by strength training. And I know that because, I mean, that seems like a very generalized statement, but I'm saying this based on um, a lot of the the messages and the questions that were submitted to me on Instagram about strength training. So we have Nora Matthew on uh, the show today. She owns Her Strength Studio, which is a female-focused strength training gym in upstate New York. And um, she'll tell you a little bit more about herself and how she got into this field. And we have a really great conversation lined up for you today. One thing I do want to say is that we talk about, we call out sort of some specific exercise uh, modalities which is invariably going to like bum some people out. And what I just want to say is like where Nora and I have worked with thousands of women. So everything that we say is like through that lens of like what we see with our clientele. It's not to shit on anybody or anything. If some of the things that we call out are things that you're actively participating in and you love it and you feel great, you know my stance by now. Keep doing you. Like get yours, do your thing, mommy. I'm not here to like rob you from that experience. But this this conversation is more for the women who are like trying to go so hard and they're just not seeing results or they're really burnt out and they're like, what the hell? I'm at my wits end. What could I be doing wrong? Okay. So if if you love your exercise routine and it's, you know, doing all the things you want it to do, like, don't let us take that from you. But this conversation is for uh, folks who are looking for another way. And uh, I got to shout out your hormone revival. So we are opening the cart March 1st get on the wait list. If you go to thefunctionalnutritionist.com forward slash YHR, you can get on the wait list that way. We open up the cart one day. It usually sells out. The super exciting news about this round of YHR is that Nora is writing a unique program, strength training program for everybody who is participating in your hormone revival this time around. And you get complimentary access to that. So uh, I'm stoked to share that news. Another thing, this is something that this basically was, we created this on the heels of a DM that somebody sent me asking for this access. And I'm like, 
that's not a bad idea. So I would like to introduce the YHR Grad Pass. So if you've been through the program before and you still want the benefit of like the group community, the camaraderie and access to like all the fun stuff. So you would get access to uh, Nora's program, her strength training program designed, it's a 12 week program designed specifically for women to build strength in a safe and effective way. Um, you'll get access to all 12 of the Sunday sessions. So every Sunday we meet as a group and we do breath work or meditation. There's lots of breath work, meditation, um, I kind of do some live coaching. We, you get intuitive tools, sound healing, tapping, uh, kundalini art therapy. There's so many modalities to support your nervous system. And so you get access to all of those. I'm kind of like, can everybody sign up for this? Because we all need this right now. We all meet as a group. You carve out the space in your schedule. Of course, all of these are recorded so you can watch them after the fact, but it is nice meeting as a group if you can do that. And then you also will get access to my boundaries course, which is a course that I created uh, about boundaries because I believe that there is a link between setting boundaries and balancing our hormones, regulating our energy, and supporting our nervous system. So we threw that in there for you. So you can head to, you know what? I'm not going to call out the URL yet because I don't know it. So head to the show notes <laughs> and you can find uh, the link to, to grab your YHR grad pass there. All right. Without much further ado, here is the conversation with Nora. So today we're going to be talking about strength training. One of the questions that I often get is like, what's the best type of exercise to do? Um, and kind of what I tend to tell people is like, well, whatever you enjoy doing and you can consistently do. But I think from more of a physiological perspective, if we're breaking it right down, what I tend to say is strength training and walking outside. And this is definitely mirrored by a lot of my colleagues who are in the space that I am doing similar work with women's health and women's hormones. It's kind of like strength training, walking, two really awesome things to do. And if I can get my clients consistently doing that, I feel really good. Um, and I fully recognize that some people might disagree with this and have their own philosophy and their own ideas. But when I'm, I'm really looking at this through the lens of hormonal health, through metabolic health, through burnout. Um, I see a lot of labs for a lot of different women and I can kind of see the footprint of different modalities of exercise. And what I'm consistently finding is that those who are adhering to strength training and um, I don't want to say lower intensity stuff, but like not the go, 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 push, 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 hard, hard, hard all the time, more is better mentality tend to just have overall better health. Um, so I really wanted to bring somebody on who specializes in strength training for women so we can get into the nitty gritty and she can answer some questions that I certainly can't um, get all of the listener questions that were submitted answered. So I have Nora Matthew, who is the founder of Her Strength Studio, which is a female focused strength training gym in upstate New York. Um, I first met Nora. She was actually a participant of the very first round that I ran of Your Hormone Revival, but we also have some mutual colleagues. Dr. Kristen Zames has been on the show before. She's a local PT and the way, and, and she has nothing but the best stuff to say about Nora. We have some other local PTs who know Nora and just have rave reviews about her work. And to me, if you're a personal trainer who's held in high regard by physical therapists, I think that's a pretty, pretty good thing. I think that's saying something. So thank you so much, Nora, for being on the show. I'm excited about today's conversation. 
Yeah, Aaron, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I think it would be cool to just get learn a little bit more about you and your background and how you got into the line of work that you do. Yeah, so um, well, I've been in the industry for um, almost 12 years now in the fitness industry. And um, I started when I was in college and just kind of was looking for something to do um, alongside my studies. And um, over time, I realized that it was something that I was super interested in. Um, Originally, I was a division one sprinter. And so I really loved the strength and conditioning aspect of um, our training regimen. And um, as I became more interested in the strength part of it. I became less interested in the running part of it um, because it was really strenuous to my body at the time. And so I continued to um, train people throughout college and throughout grad school. And after a little time off, um, I returned to my training um, because I was pregnant with my first baby. So I was 22, pregnant with my first baby um, in Scotland. And, uh, I realized that there was just no information about strength training during pregnancy. Um, there was really little concrete information. A lot of it was anecdotal that we were finding online, you know, like, Oh, this is safe. This isn't safe. And so I made it my mission to really focus on, um, finding out some actual real fact-based information on, you know, what was best for the expectant mom's body. So that led me down a rabbit hole of, um, you know, really becoming like an authority on prenatal and postnatal training. Um, and when we moved back to New York in 2014, um, I started a pregnancy focused strength training program and class that turned into a postpartum uh, class. And then I ended up opening my own studio in 2018, which is Her Strength. Um, and it's open to all women at all stages of life. Um, and it's become this like awesome community. So, Um, over those several years, I found a love for kettlebell training and barbell training. So I'm certified currently through strong first, I'm considered an elite trainer. So I currently hold all of their certifications. So their kettlebell levels one and two, their barbell and their body weight certifications. So, um, I love teaching that on the side as well. I travel around the country, um, you know, a couple times throughout the year and help with uh, strong first certifications. So that's kind of my background. Um, I have four little boys from ages one to nine. So, um, we're very busy, but it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Everything's fine. It's fine. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so barbells and kettlebells, uh, some of the questions that were submitted is, is really about like moving heavy weight and like, how do I get into that? So I definitely yeah. want to make sure that we spend some time there, but before, before that you've been in the fitness industry for so long. And Mm -hmm. one of the questions somebody submitted was what are the biggest problems that you see in this industry? And I was thinking of something that you wrote to me. You said many popular programs right now include high intensity interval training, the Peloton bike beach body, which base their marketing strategies upon calories burned and a more and harder is better mentality. This can promote a disordered approach to health and wellness and lead to a stagnation of progress, injury, and frustration. I would love for you to expand upon that because Mm -hmm. I'm seeing, I'm in a different industry than you much overlap. I'm seeing the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, I think overall, like in our culture, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. It's always like more is better. Harder is better. If I'm not, if I'm not getting results then I'm not doing enough. 
Um, and I think especially for women, we're always caught in this mentality of like, you know, I need to do more and I need to do it better. And then we're always disappointing ourselves. And then it leads to this like dissatisfaction just overall and frustration. Um, and I think that um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely damaging to uh, a woman's relationship with her body. And so what I'm seeing is that in the industry, especially now, which it was really interesting to see the shift over COVID because all the gyms were shut down for however long. I know my gym was shut down for four months completely. And then we were outdoors for an additional three months, um, which was not ideal. You know, all of these gyms shut down and people now have an aversion to going to places with crowds. And that includes gyms. We've been given a really bad name despite a very low um, occurrence of COVID in gyms. But anyway, um, so, you know, we're seeing kind of this shift to home exercise. And so certain companies, like for example, Beachbody that have, you know, their 21 day fix and their workout program that goes along with that. Um, Peloton, huge, um, you know, all of these and the mirror, that's another one that Lululemon has partnered with mirror. And I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Um, so, <laughs> so you have all these companies that are, um, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to uh, really take advantage of people's interest in working out from their house, which I don't have a problem with in and of itself. Um, however, I think what's happening is we're seeing this, like it's, it, we have to go hard. We have to go every day on the Peloton. You've got to be there every single day. And you've got, you have the, you know, you can see the leaderboard, right? You're like, you're this, you know, you're the 33rd rider of 400 riders, or you're the 389th rider of 400 riders. And so innately you sort of feel like, oh my gosh, I have to like go harder and push faster. And then it tells you how many calories you've burned, so to speak. Um, you know, obviously we know that's an estimate, but, um, and so unless people are able to burn those calories and work really hard and get this like, you know, dripping sweat after their workout, they don't feel like they've done enough. So, um, and I'm also seeing that at, in addition to at home with the things like Peloton and Beachbody, I'm also seeing that, um, in the in-person gyms. So, you know, I'm all for people being back in person in gyms. Uh, obviously I think that that's important, um, cause I have a gym, but I also think that, you know, there's a, a big flocking to things like orange theory, um, and a lot of the hit gyms that are promising, you know, short, really hard workouts, lots of calories burned, um, and like maximizing people's time, which again, in theory is great to maximize your time in the gym. But again, a lot of these programs are promoting you that you have to be here five, six days a week to really see results. Um, and you know, you push harder. It's the same thing with orange theory. Like they wear, you know, they, you're in the orange zone and you're seeing where you are on the leaderboard and you get slap points and all these kind of things. So you're, you're constantly feeding into that. Like if I'm not pushing really hard, regardless of how my body feels, I'm not doing enough of what I should be doing. So it's, it's a lot of competition. Um, so it's, it's frustrating from my standpoint because, you know, I see the other end of that. I get a lot of women who come into my studio who have been in these programs, these high intensity programs, whether it be at their house at home or in the, in the gyms. Um, and they are, they're overwrought, they're injured, they're frustrated. Um, and they just feel, they feel overall, like there's been a huge decline in their health. So it's a matter of sort of bringing people's awareness to this, 
um, who maybe haven't, you know, haven't seen those downsides to the HIIT training, you know, trying to say people like, listen, you know, this is great that you want to exercise. It's awesome. However, like there has to be, there has to be limits for you and you have to be tuned in with your body. And if you're feeling A, B, and C, maybe you're overdoing it. Um, you know, and I always want to catch people before they get injured, but unfortunately, you know, probably six out of 10 times I'm seeing people after they've gotten injured, um, or, you know, have some sort of stagnation in their progress. You know, and if if there's a difference between, I say this all the time, there's a difference between theory and research and how that research plays out in actual human bodies. Like, you know, I've talked about this when it comes to intermittent fasting, same deal with high intensity interval training. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's great for your mitochondria. Absolutely. It's wonderful for insulin signaling and metabolic health. Is it good for cortisol awakening response? Yes. But that doesn't mean that it's appropriate for you right now. And we have to really evaluate because we have this like Americanized version. If some is good, more is better. We take that into everything we do. So Mm -hmm. oftentimes we're pairing this, like go hard, go fast and do it seven days a week with some type of food restriction with some type of, and we're not, what we're not doing is evaluating all the other stressors that we have going Mm -hmm. on and taking some of, so we're just layering on stressor after stressor, after stressor, like that's going to you know, that's going to break anybody. And I want to like, even layer on to what you're saying in one of the issues that I see with these type of programs is that it really takes us out of touch with our body, with our innate wisdom, with our intuition. So beach body has a program. This is this episode. I already know it's going to piss people off. I'm like, whatever, <laughs> we're already all the way in. There's no turning back now, but like, there's this pro, I think it's like the 80 day obsession or it's called obsession or something like that. And it's 80 days of back to back to back workouts. And I remember a few years talking about this being like, this is kind of effed. And of course a beach body, like I, you know, it's like, anytime you say that the beach body coaches come out and they're like, you're misinformed. You don't understand. I'm like, okay. But like 80 days of back-to-back workouts, like there is no room. There's no space for you to listen to yourself and listen to Mm -hmm. your body. Like I love programming and you make phenomenal programs, but every day I'm waking up and I'm self-assessing, like, is it an appropriate time based on my energy levels, based on my stress levels, based on my sleep? Is it really an appropriate time for me to go hard? And I just feel like that self-auditing process is not a typical part of any of these programs. It's just like, do more. If you're not getting the results, go harder, double down. And I I've had, I have, clients and some friends who have been beach body coaches in the past who have like knowing what they know now, they look back and they're like, I, I advocated for some really messed up stuff. And I can't, I just like, I, I don't know. I just can't get behind that mentality. I've been talking about it for years and my position has not changed. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing is though, <clears throat> you know, and I, I like the idea of consistency, um, and having a plan, where, you know, you're, you're, you make a commitment to doing however many workouts, you you know, per week, and then you stick to that plan. That's great. But, and this is a big, but like what you're saying, you know, if you are going from being completely sedentary and however long you've been sedentary, I'm hearing people have been sedentary for the last two years. So they're coming in after doing nothing at all for two years or, you know, doing things here and there that they weren't able to keep up on because they weren't motivated at home. You know, they come in and they're like, okay, I'm ready to lose belly fat and, you know, get stronger and do this and do that. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. 
And that's really great, again, getting into any program. However, please keep in mind that you've done nothing for two years. So whatever you do is going to be a total shock to your body. And no one can debate that. That's not, that's not even a question. You, you have to admit that someone who's going from doing absolutely nothing to doing something every single day for 80 days is probably not going to go well for them. Ultimately, yeah. you know, like they might feel like, okay, yeah, I have something to do every single day. They might feel that, that drive and motivation, but chances are, and I guess from my perspective, I see a lot of that guilt when people miss workouts. And if you set yourself up on that 80 day plan, what is the success rate? How many people are adhering to that full 80 days? And for the vast majority, I would guess of people who do not adhere to that. So say a hundred people sign up and you know, 35 people end up doing the full 80 days. Okay. Well, what happens to those other people? Have they, do they see this as a failure for them? And are they then put off from working out? Right. So should, should the plan be more sustainable, you know, over time, like two, three strength training workouts per week, or, you know, two strength workouts and on, and one more high intensity workout, you know, I'm not against high intensity. It's just, it's about finding a balance and you're right. Being able to be tuned in with your body. Am I recovered? Um, you know, do I feel like, you know, are what's, what is tired? Is my back tired? So maybe I shouldn't deadlift today is my, are my abs really tired? So maybe I shouldn't do a ton of planks today, you know, that kind of thing. So listening in, is what you are able to um, do when you have those resties factored, right? So yeah. that's kind of like, that's that. I mean, it's, it's really setting people up for sustainable long-term success, which is like, to your point, you've said this to me before, it's very counter culture, right? We're like in this quick fix microwave culture. It's like, if I'm not seeing immediate results, then either the program is wrong or I'm broken, I failed. Like those are like the two things. And when it's, I failed, which I think is where, where most women default to, that's a very demoralizing experience and it doesn't keep you coming back for more. If it's the program has failed because it's not delivering immediate results, then we're just constantly like jumping ship and like, we're never giving anything the appropriate amount of time to really see consistent results. Um, I, I just had a question that popped right out of my head. Um, the one thing that I want to say about going into an actual facility, like a gym, like yours, is mm -hmm. that I would imagine with the coaches that you have there, they can help if not everybody is in tune with their body, not everybody's in touch with their intuition. Right. So we can't just expect everybody to be like, Oh, just listen to your body. But I would yeah. imagine under the guidance of a coach who knows what they're doing and their goal is like your long-term sustainable success as the client, like you could really help people get in touch with that and help people like either scale it back on the days that need to be scaled back or ramp it up when they have more to give. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, it's sort of like, we aim to take more of a standpoint of like, teach a man to fish, you know, um, as opposed to like fishing for giving, giving you a fish. Um, and in, in that way, um, we always start with a consultation. So when we meet with someone, we always like take at least 30 to 45 minutes to like talk to that person about what, where they've been, what they've done. And that then gives us a really great like viewpoint of, okay, so you've done this and you've done that and that hasn't worked for you, or you haven't done anything yet. And like, that's where you're coming from. So then our next point of action would be to do an assessment. So we use the functional movement screen 
Um, and then we do a goal setting meeting. So that's another 45 minutes before we start to program um, for someone. So that's if they're entering into our um, small group training program at the studio. Now, as we go through that program, it's a matter of kind of checking in with them. Hey, how are you feeling? Um, how's everything going? And if they come in and they have this certain workout planned, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore. I'm like, drop your weights down. You know, it says 20 kilo bell on your, on your weight. Let's go down to a 16 and see how that feels. Oh yeah. I definitely feel like, you know, that feels a lot more sustainable. Okay, great. And then I have people on the other end who I actually just read a note from a client the other day. Um, and, uh, through our app true coach and she did her workout. I wasn't there. It was one of the other coaches. And she wrote a note to me, felt super strong, did an extra set of these. I was like, great. That's awesome. Right. So then I know that I've taught her, um, you know, that if she's feeling really good, she can push a little bit harder. That's absolutely fine. You know, so it's, it is a matter of just like, of, of sort of honing in on that self awareness of like, you know, what, what, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And, um, you know, a big part of our consultations initially are talking about what is good sore and what is not good sore. So I do sort of put it on a scale of like one to 10, one being not sore at all. Um, and then 10 being the most sore that you've ever been. So I'm telling women that come in, regardless of what they've done before, I want you on like a five to six at the highest. I don't want you to be up in the eight to nine. If you're up in the eight to nine, we've got a little bit of a red flag. We need to then look into that further. What happened that it pushed you to that level of soreness? So kind of checking in with that. Hey, let's take a quick break so we can talk about low sugar nutrition. I'm always looking for kind of quick and dirty ways to pack in extra nutrition, polyphenols, antioxidants, fibers for my gut, and even herbs for my stress response, like the more adaptogens, the better, which is why I use Organifi powders every day, several times a day. I love to put them into my water. This is great if you're one of those people that struggles to just get enough hydration, get enough water. And if you feel like water's really boring, these powders can zhuzh it up for you. My kiddo loves them. She feels like she's drinking juice. I also throw them into my smoothies just as a way to get some extra nutrition. My personal favorite is the red juice. So it has lots of different red powders Things like acai, cranberry, pomegranate, strawberry, raspberry, blueberry, all of those polyphenol-rich red and blue powders. And if you've listened to the show or you've seen me on Instagram, you've heard me talk about the benefits of these powders. They feed a very unique and particular type of bacteria in your gut called Acromantia. Acromantia is a keystone player. It's wicked important for keeping your gut healthy and strong. It prevents leaky gut. It also is very important for metabolic health and insulin signaling and controlling blood sugar. Now, unfortunately, I do a lot of stool tests on people and see that acromantia is low, sometimes even below detectable limits. That's a real bummer. Some of the bacteria in our guts are little piggies. They'll eat anything. And then some bacteria are more like snobby foodies that will only eat specific things. This acromantia bacteria loves to eat red polyphenols. So the more red foods you can eat, the better. And getting red powders 
is super important as well. So the red juice is something that you can grab super easy and it's low sugar. All of Organifi's powders are under three grams of sugar per serving and most of them offer up fiber as well to counteract any spike in blood sugar. So highly recommend. I throw them in my smoothie so I can pack in a bunch of veggies without adding a ton of fruit that might spike my blood sugar and I can still make them sweet and palatable. Go to Organifi's website, Organifi.com. You can click the link in the show notes. Be sure to use the code FUNK. It will save you 20% off of every single order you ever place. You get a good deal and you get to support all the good things in your body too. And I'm super pumped to announce that we have continued on with our partnership with BioCult through 2022. Uh, BioCult is a phenomenal probiotic company. The Boosted product is the one that I most recommend. It is broad spectrum, great price point. And um, at the end of last year, I had kind of like a weird amount of people reach out to me to tell me how much they are loving BioCult. People literally wrote like multiple times, this probiotic has changed my life. So people are out there, the people have spoken and they are out there getting the good results. And that is something that I, as a clinician, is super important to me. I've had, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this product? And Sometimes I look at products and I'm like, I think they have a really great marketing budget, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. But for me as a healthcare practitioner, I'm always like, cool, you're using a lot of like big fancy buzzwords, but like, does your product actually help people? That's the most important thing to me. So it delights me to hear that so many of you are benefiting from the BioCult boosted probiotic. If you haven't tried it before, head to the link in our show notes, use code FUNK15 to save 15% off of your probiotic purchase. I think that segues nicely into the next kind of cluster of questions that people submitted, which is like, how do we know how much is too much? But I will say, so I do Nora's programs programming. Obviously I'm in New Hampshire. She's in New York. I can't go to her facility, but I do her online program. I mean, what your, your coaching programs, I feel like I'm saying it in a weird way, but you know, distance coaching programs. Yeah. They're like our, yeah, our, 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 uh, our online programs. Yeah. Okay. So, but I I really appreciate, I don't think I realized this until just now hearing you talk, there's always a a weight range and Mm -hmm. I, when I first started doing it, I would always go all the way up. Cause I'm like, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to get the most out of this workout. So I'm obviously mm. going to go all the way up with my weight. And then after getting this like wonky rib injury, that's like, just took a very long time to heal a little humbled. Well, I, I did not injure myself in Nora's program. I want to be crystal clear about that. <laughs> that was me just being a buffoon somewhere else. But I, um, I realized that as I'm like, kind of like re rebuilding, you know, from the ground up right now with, you know, nursing an injury, I have the, it's almost like permission granted to go to the lower weight because you do give that weight range. And so I've been going the absolute lowest that you give, like I've been starting there. So it really does. I mean, I think that's so nice because it kind of reinforces the, you don't need to go all the way to 10 all the time. Right. Right. Like there's a range and you have to evaluate where you are in that given moment. So I think let's talk about, 
you know, you just gave some really clear signs of like what might be sign, like red flags. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're feeling pain or discomfort at like an eight, nine, 10, that's, that's, that's a red flag. What are other ways to gauge if you, if somebody's pushing too hard? Um, so I think, um, you know, soreness would be number one. I think number two would be just an overall like lethargic feeling. Um, you know, if you wake up for the gym every day at five o'clock and five out of six days that you're supposed to wake up, you're like, I do not want to get up. And then you do not feel good after your workout. That's I think a red flag. Um, some people you're like, yo, it's hard to get out of bed, but I, you know, once I get myself there, I feel great after that's awesome. That's really good. If you feel terrible after your workout, or you feel like you've left everything there, that's a problem. Um, one of the things that, um, I use in my own training and that, um, strong first talks about a lot is like, leave one good rep in the tank. So when you're doing your workout, if you feel like you're having to really push, for those last two reps, maybe you shouldn't be doing those last two reps, right? Like we want to always prioritize, um, form and technique always, always number one. And, you know, I guess like one slash number two, we always want to enforce that over intensity and overloading. So if, for example, you have a great set of, um, goblet squats, eight reps at 16 kilos, And then that those reps nine and 10, you're tipping over, you're tipping forward. You're feeling like you're not getting as low as you were getting for your first, your first few reps. You shouldn't be doing those last couple reps. Always work in the range where you know that your form um, is great. Not when your form is like, eh, because that's when injuries happen when you're pushing yourself to that limit. So if you feel like you are always pushing yourself, um, and to the detriment of your own technique, then, you know, that's a, that's a big red flag during your workouts. Like what is going on that you are so fatigued that you can't prioritize your form. Um, I think the other thing and, and feeling demotivated would be the first thing. And then, um, I think the other, the other concern that I have is, Sometimes people, and especially women and especially, um, moms, um, with little kids who maybe don't sleep that well, sometimes they just need a week off. Um, and I'm not afraid to tell my clients that like, you know what, you know, if, if, you know, your, your little two-year-old isn't sleeping, um, or, you know, maybe your five-year-old has a cold and has been up at night, maybe you need to take the week off and to prioritize something else in your life. Um, and sometimes after a week off, they'll come back and say, wow, I really needed that. And now I'm ready to go again. So, you know, I think, you know, consistency is awesome and important, but life also happens. So there's some things we just can't predict. So giving yourself the grace to say, I need a week off is okay. It is absolutely okay. And I, I fully believe that movement is medicine and building muscle is such a worthy health goal. Muscle has real profound physiological impacts in the body, very mm-hmm. beneficial. And also I have tabled women from like hardcore exercise for a little bit because they're in such a depleted state that I'm like, you're going to continue to burn yourself out. The goal is always to have some type of movement practice, fully strongly believe that. And sometimes we have to just assess like when 
you know, how much is too much? Um, I, I think one thing that I'll throw out there, I will always remember this client. She was doing orange theory and she would have to literally come home and take a nap or like rest in her car afterward, mm. or like, wouldn't be able to unpack her groceries after an exercise. And I'm like, this is like the, the, the reddest red flag I've ever heard of. Like you shouldn't, your exercise should enhance your life in my estimation, not like mm-hmm. sideline you from other like daily tasks because you're pushing yourself so hard. Like that's right. probably a red flag. Yeah. I mean, that's for us. Like when we explain to people what our mission is as like, as a studio, as her strength, we always say that like, it's our goal to make your everyday life easier you know, we don't want to make your life harder. We want you to feel like you've done enough work over time that when you pick up your groceries and you have one trip, you're like, I'm going to take all these 27 bags and carry them all in in one trip. You're like, yeah, I got this. Or when you're having to hold, you know, your baby on your hip all day long, because you know, they're going through a clinging stage, much mine is right now. We want you to feel capable of doing that and not wrecked. Right. So that's really what it's about. It's about making your life easier because you're stronger and you're more resilient. Um, I for sure agree. Um, when do you know, like it is a good, this is a question that came in. When do you know, like, it's a good time to push for more? Is it like that client that, that emailed you that was like, Hey, I, I, I did the whole thing. I felt great. I gave it another rep. Like do you, is there, do you encourage people to go for more or is that more of just like an intrinsic knowing? So I guess, um, I, from my standpoint, when I program for my clients, um, I do always go for like progressive overload. So over time, I want them to be able to sustain, um, a certain number of reps with a certain number of weight and to be able to increase that over time. Um, there is going to be a time when, you know, maybe they aren't ready for that next weight. And that's totally fine. We need one more week at that first weight. Um, but I think that knowing that you're ready to push to the next level is again, if you, if you feel like you can maintain really good form, um, and you have that little bit more energy in the tank, you know, to, to get that one, one increment higher. And I think that this comes down to the reason, a big reason why I love working with kettlebells and barbells is there are measurable increases and they're, they're very clear. So for example, we have, we have tons of kettlebells in our gym. We have kettlebells from four kilograms up until 48 kilograms. So we have a huge range of kettlebells. And if you're not ready for that next weight, it will be very obvious. So I look for, depending on the movement, I look for a certain rep range with great form for my clients before I push them to the next weight. Um, but you have to kind of keep in, in mind, was I, you know, was I sedentary for the last two years or have I been working on this? Am I ready to try? And, you know, for me, when it's based on form and technique, there really is very little gray area because you're either going to make the lift and it's going to be good technique or you're not. Um, and that's why, again, we do encourage people to take rest between their sets as well. So you're not there for like two hours. All of our sessions are an hour. Most people will work between 30 and 45 minutes, depending on what their program looks like. Um, but we put in rest. So I will say like, if you're going to do exercise A and B, you're going to do them as a super set. I want you to rest for a full minute before you go back and do that again, because I want you to have some recovery time and feel fresh 
so that the movements that you do are high quality and that you're able to focus on um, your, you know, your form and technique. So that rest, not only in between your workouts, but the rest in between your exercises will allow you to tune in a little bit deeper for what you're doing. So let's, I want to focus on this just a little bit longer because women don't rest hard stuff. And I think (laughs) just, we we just don't. So I think, and especially if you are used to doing something like an orange theory or doing something like a go, 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 go all the time, the rest might feel counterintuitive. Like how Mm -hmm. am I going to get results if I'm resting between sets? Like, is this really working? I'm so used to just going as hard as I can for as long as I can. Like, is this really working? So I'm just, I know that it works, but I want, because I've, you know, listen to you and, and done your programs. And, um, but I want anybody listening who's like maybe suspicious of that rest piece <laughs> to like, can you just like, what, what's happening during that resting time? So, um, I think the biggest thing with, um, the concept of resting in between heavy lips is that you're able to firstly tune in to see how your that last lift went. Um, but then also to like refocus and allow your body to integrate, um, that movement. So a lot of what we do, the movement patterns are repeated. So we've got your, your squat pattern, your hinge pattern, your horizontal pull and push, um, your vertical push, um, your vertical pull, if you're doing pull-ups, um, and in your split stance movements, and there's like several variations in there. Um, and I think as you know, as you're resting in between, you're able to actually focus in on, okay, like how did that movement go? Was I focusing on all the cues that I needed to do? Um, you know, and I, and we don't always, you don't always have to have rest in between every single exercise. It's just, um, for the heavy lift. So when you get to the point where you're probably, so rate of perceived exertion. So how hard you perceive that you are having to work to achieve this, say you're again on a scale one to 10, one being no work at all. And 10 being like the hardest work you've ever done. If you are somewhere between like a six and an eight, if you then rest you, your RPE should in theory be the same at, for your next set. It shouldn't feel like you shouldn't feel depleted and you shouldn't be pushing up to like a nine or a 10. So it just allows your body to like get a little bit more recovery time. Um, I was laughing at one of my clients the other day. She's, I love her so much. She's so positive. And she was just like, she just was kind of like standing. She was just sort of like walking around. And I was like, oh, what are you doing? I said, are you on your, are you on your rest period? And she was like, yeah. She's like, gosh, two minutes is a long time. And I was just laughing at her because she was like, I, but I just feel so different when I go back and do my next set, because I've taken that full two minutes. I actually had to set the timer on my phone because I thought, oh, it had to be two minutes. And it was like 30 seconds. (laughs) So, but she, her form was like spot on. And she has had a history of kind of like recurrent niggly back issues. Um, and we're talking like over the past two and a half, three years, she's had these recurrent back issues where she had to go to the chiropractor and take some time off. And so her progress, her progress was kind of stagnated. Like she just didn't, she wasn't really going where she wanted to go. And now that she's really focusing on the program that we've written for her, she has been super consistent. And she's like, I have never seen so many changes in my body as I have in just this past six months. She's like over, and she is, she's 44. No, she's 49. 
And she's like ridiculously strong. She looks like she's about 40. She's very young looking. Um, but she's like, she's like this, this, this just last six months because I'm focusing on my form and because I'm doing what you're telling me to do, I'm seeing a total difference in my body. So I think, you know, that's all in lines, like trust the process, right? Like if what you're doing, if you, what you've done in the past has not worked for you, or it hasn't worked unless it's alongside a crash diet, then try something different, right? So like, if you don't trust rest, try it, try it for 12 weeks and see if it works. Just try it. I even love that you're saying 12 weeks. I, I just, we're, I'm wrapping up my carb compatibility project, which is four weeks. And people like so most people feel better, but there's some people that I was like, have been like, well, I haven't lost all the weight that I want to lose. I'm like, it's been four weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, we have to like reprogram our brain to like, look at things like big picture versus what's happening right now. Um, so let's shift gears into some, like how to get started stuff, because that was like a big thing that came in is building confidence with lifting heavier weights. Where do you start? If you've always been intimidated by weights, strength training feels difficult to me. Like that's kind of the general sense of, of the questions that came in just like, I want to do it. I'm buying into the, the idea of it, but I'm also very overwhelmed and kind of intimidated. So where would you get someone started? Totally. So, um, I think from my standpoint, what we typically do for our process is, um, if someone comes in and they're, they're totally brand new to strength training, um, we do try to focus on the very, very basic foundational things. So for example, um, after we do their movement assessment and we see how they're moving, we teach them how to breathe. So as crazy as that sounds, we focus on diaphragmatic breathing. Can you breathe just through your nose and into your belly without using your shoulders and upper chest? Like are, is your, are your shoulders rising as you're inhaling and then dropping as you're exhaling? That should not be the case. You should be able to diaphragmatically breathe. So that's the first thing, because that will bring us into a more of a rest and digest state as opposed to like the fight or flight. So we always focus on breathing because breathing has a huge impact on strength training and your ability to connect with your body uh, and your ability to recover. So between sets and between workouts. So we always teach how to breathe first. From there, we go on to um, some basic patterning of movements. So we do the hinge pattern. The most basic hinge pattern would be a glute bridge. So laying on your back, knees bent, feet flat, lifting and lowering the hips. Um, and then we would go through a crawling pattern, um, contralateral movement. We're using opposite sides of your body at the same time. So that's like our gait pattern. So when you're walking forward with your left foot and your right foot or your right arm swings forward, your gait pattern. So using opposite sides of the body at the same time, that will help with coordination and with learning, communicating right brain, left brain. Um, and it will help to really, um, solidify the movements, the movement patterns that you're learning. Once you learn the basic movement patterns and like the sit stand, so sitting on a box and standing back up, you can use a chair at your house and kind of checking in with, okay, what muscles am I using here? How am I breathing when I'm doing these things? Um, so we, we put them through a basic movement pattern. We do a lot of crawling, a lot of crawling. Crawling is a great way to load your body without having to do, you know, 10 full push-ups and without really having to put a ton of strain on your body. Um, so we're talking like hands and knees, shoulders and hips should be even lifting the knees up just off the floor and then opposite hand and foot traveling forward at the same time, and then traveling backwards and then going 
right to left side. It sounds very easy, but it is actually very challenging. We try to work people up to at least like a 30 to 60 second continuous crawl pattern. It's amazing how effective that is in just starting to kind of load the joints. So loading the shoulders and the hips and coordinating the core, um, and really like allowing that pattern to happen in your, in your brain, right brain, left brain communication. So the contralateral movement is important. Um, once we see people really mastering some of these like basic body weight movements, we'll start to load a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing with finding a coach is checking their credentials and, um, you know, checking in with people that they've worked with before. Um, I am very biased. I would say if you can find someone who is either strong first or RKC certified, um, that's going to be a really solid start with strength training. Um, the emphasis is always going to be on form and technique because that's what we are taught at our certifications. And if you're currently certified, that means you've done something recently or you've kept it up or you've renewed it. Um, cause they really, they really promote doing, um, continuing education through strong first and RKC. Um, so I would say, you know, find an RKC or strong first coach in your area that you can, that can actually put eyes on you, um, and see how your body is moving. Um, another great way to find someone is an original strength coach. Original strength is, um, it's, it's basically, it's based on primal movements. So, um, allowing your body to move in ways that it should be able to move, but perhaps we've lost since childhood, the deep squat, the crawl, um, rocking and rolling all these things that are really great for foundational strength movement. Um, and so those people are again, going to be really focused on what's important when moving your body, original strength, um, and also someone who is, um, functional movement screen certified FMS, um, is another great way to find someone who really knows what they're doing. Um, if you are totally set on doing at home exercise, we can help you, um, at her strength with our online programs. So we have sort of pre-programmed, um, workouts that you're doing, Erin. Um, we have four week workouts and we have ones that are a little bit longer. We have very basic workouts that are just body weight, um, that will start you very, very basic. Um, but there are, they aren't, there's not a whole lot of support that comes with those workouts because they're basically just like they're pre-programmed. So you follow them, um, via our true coach app. And then the other option would to be to do one-on-one, uh, training, and that would be more customized, um, with one of our coaches as well. So we do offer that, uh, either via zoom or, um, via true coach and kind of video, you could, you would video a set and send it to us and we can analyze it for you. So Wait, there's I just want to, I want to yeah. interrupt on that because mm-hmm. I was, I, when I was thinking, I was talking to Chris and I went in to a PT appointment two days ago and I was talking mm-hmm. about the virtual coaching and I'm like, yes. I don't understand how that would work. And she was like, Erin, we see the same patterns over and over and over and over. She's like, once you've seen several, she's like, you can look on a screen and be like, I know what they're doing wrong. And so that, cause just in case anyone's listening be like, how would that really work? I mean, you know, it's like probably like me looking at labs. It's like, there's like a, there's like, you can see so many labs and you're like, oh, I know yes. what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I always 100% would say like in-person training is ideal, but it's just not realistic for everyone, especially right now. It hasn't been realistic for the past two years, um, for everyone. So I think, you know, seeing someone virtually is like kind of the next best thing. Um, and you're right. Like I've seen, I've worked with 
I was thinking about this, probably thousands of women um, in person. I've seen many, many bodies. Um, and I am the first person to say, if something is, if I can see that something that's not quite right. And I don't know how to handle that. I will always refer out to um, like a really reliable physical therapist um, who can like check in with movements. Um, so there's always like, there's ways it's, it's understanding our scope of practice and being able to say like, oh, I can definitely help you. I can help you get stronger. We're going to do A, B, and C. And then there's also, okay, yeah, maybe this is beyond my scope. I'm going to send you to, you know, this person that I, I found for you or that, you know, you know, someone who's worked with them and that kind of thing. So awesome. Um, I think this is going to give a lot of people stuff to sink their teeth into. Can you just tell us where, tell listeners where they can find more of you? So Instagram and then website, we'll link everything up in the show notes too. Yeah. So, um, our Instagram page is at her underscore strength underscore studio. Um, you can also find me at coach underscore Nora underscore Matthew. Um, and, uh, our website is, uh, her strength dot studio. There's no.com. Um, and we also have our, um, pregnancy page, which is on Instagram as, as at pregnancy underscore fitness. And that focuses on more, more of the prenatal side of things. I know we didn't even like scratch the surface with the <laughs> like that's maybe that's a part too. But what yeah. I can say is that I, um, you know, you really do. I can say this even from the online programs, there is a huge focus on the appropriate breathing on, you know, you had said something about you have to like get the pattern to happen in your brain. I just went through this recently where I found out that I wasn't really breathing appropriately. I wasn't using my pelvic floor. Like I was doing everything opposite. So I had to like reorganize my brain, like around my movements and then bringing it into like, it, it was, it was like all a thing. And it was like, I realized that I had, I was trying to build a house on kind of a cracked foundation. So I had to take it from the foundation up, which mm -hmm. I do think that your programs really do an awesome job kind of showcasing, um, because I'm always so focused on my form when I'm doing those programs, like much more so than, than other exercises. So, um, I think that the work that you're putting out really reflects everything that you're saying here today. Um, thank so you. thank appreciate you. That. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, Erin. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.